Welcome. You're listening to Wedding Venue Business Radio, a podcast for anyone who is thinking about starting or is already a few years deep into their own wedding venue business. Whether your property is on the beach or in the middle of the country or smack dab in the heart of downtown, this show is designed for you. I'm your host, Ami Kurkoni. I'm the author of How to Turn Your Rural Property into a Wedding Venue Business, and I have a new business book called The Fearless Woman's Guide to Starting a Business. I'm a business coach, consultant, former wedding venue owner, and I'm here to help you. So if your dream is to be your own boss by hosting one of the best days a family has in their lives on your property, then you're in the right place. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. I'm trying to remember when I say my introductions to include more smile in it because I've listened back to a few of the episodes and realize that they sound a little or they start off a little somber and slow and I'm definitely not that kind of a person. So anyways, bright introduction today. And I think it's important because the topic we're going to talk about is overwhelm. And this is not one of those wedding venue specific topics, but really for all of you listening to this who are in various stages of entrepreneurship, whether it is your full-time function, it's a side hustle at this moment, and you're hoping to convert it into something full-time. It doesn't even have to be in the wedding industry. It can be in anything that you've got going on. But overwhelm is a feeling that most of us know. Um, We've felt it a lot in the last 18 months or so since the pandemic has been a part of our lives because uh, overwhelm can come from a lot of chaos and uncertainty and, uh, you know, dividing up our attention too much and, and making us feel like there are too many things on our plate. And, um, and so that's why I want to talk about it, because in entrepreneurship, overwhelm is a normal part of the experience. There are things in our life that we will never be able to get away from. You know, part of the human experience and part of being an adult is to have a lot of things on our plate. And it's really about learning the skills in which we are able to handle them um, so that they don't slow us down, they don't stop us, uh, they don't convince us to quit, and, um, and we can become sharper and better and also healthier and happier. And that's always my outcome is happiness, right? Let's have fun. So... Overwhelm is really when the emotional brain, we have two parts of our brain. We have a thinking part of our brain called our neocortex or prefrontal cortex. It's where executive function lives. It's where we make logical decisions and we weigh facts and figures and things like that. And then we have an emotional part of our brain, which is a part of our limbic system. And this part of our brain is where our stress response or basically our alarm system lives. It's very quick, operates at a subconscious level. It is um, also a terrible, terrible business advisor, but unfortunately, uh, for the most part, we take a lot of advice from this part of our brain. And so when overwhelm is happening, it's because the emotional part of the brain has sensed some danger of some sort. It may not be life-threatening, but it's a tax to the system. It's raised the alarms, and it's taken over our thoughts and behaviors, and it's giving us fear-based advice. Our bodies are becoming flooded with stress hormones. And if we aren't uh, aware of this and when it's happening, it can actually can create long-term health consequences for us, right? Being under constant stress is bad for the body. Um, and it also kind of keeps us trapped in a state in which we can't make decisions. And, um, and then again, we end up uh, giving up on some things that uh, maybe we don't need to. So, but overwhelm is also the voice that starts to raise our doubts about our abilities, 
what gives us a right to be able to do something like this. It can trick us into procrastinating on important things. Um, and it can actually convince us to just, you know, give up, quit. You know, it's like, there's too many things here. So you've got to stop doing, you know, all the things or quit this business or, you know, whatever it is. Again, bad advice. So let's learn how to overcome overwhelm so that we can get a little bit more control as much as we can over what's going on. Now, why does it happen? Well, back in 1908, two gentlemen in the field of psychology came up with something called the Yerkes-Dodson Law. And what it was is they observed that our performance increases as our stress levels increase. So if we don't have enough stress in our life, that's when we experience something we're all familiar with called boredom, right? We're like, oh my God, I, I don't even know what to do. And it almost feels like we're lazy and lethargic, right? Because there just isn't enough, enough stuff going on to arouse us mentally and psychologically, right? But then when something interesting shows up or, you know, a problem kind of appears and now we've got something to work on, you know, we, we perk up a little bit and then we're ready to tackle it and maybe high five because we're able to work on that stuff. But what Yerkes Dodson Law found is that that only works up to a point. And then there's a threshold at which our performance starts to decrease because now the stress has gotten too high for us. There's too much arousal. There's too much going on. And instead of us getting better and better at it, we actually start to go backwards and we become worse and worse and worse. Okay. So if you have simple tasks, you're able to focus, you can stay on track. But as you start to have your attention divided between a lot of different things and important things like your job, your family, maybe there's a, a bunch of items that you have to handle on the social media alone with your business, but you got to pay employees or you're working with a company and there's a big project going on and then you got to come home and you have to deal with your spouse's stuff and what's going on at school and whatever. Or maybe you have multiple decisions that just have to be made and they all have to be made at the same time. Um, or maybe you're just one of those people that thinks that you have to multitask. When you do too much of those things or too many of those things start to come in, you'll find yourself starting to feel overwhelmed and burnout and you can't get anything done, not even the simple tasks anymore. And again, that's your clue that your um, emotional brain has taken over. So we have to learn first how to identify what overwhelm actually feels like. For one, we have difficulty with focus. I become foggy. Like I just, I, I find myself sitting there like, okay, yeah, I, I don't even know what to do right now. And it almost feels like a fog is starting to form around my, my, you know, my head. Some people start to experience higher levels of anxiety. Like they're not doing anything good enough. There's too much work. Um, their heart is racing all the time. They feel like on, they're on a verge of a panic attack from all the stuff. But overwhelm can also look and feel like depression. It can look like shame and negative self-talk. It can look like demotivation. Again, procrastination. Inside our heads, we can start becoming a bully to ourselves. Again, questioning our abilities and our confidence. So when we start to notice that we are entering a state of overwhelm, the sooner we able, uh, we're able to identify it and we start practicing some of these four things that I have laid out here, the better we're going to be at being able to train ourselves how to be able to shift when overwhelm takes us over. And again, I'm going to say this right now. We're always going to experience overwhelm at certain parts. We are humans and we are adults. It comes with the territory, but it doesn't have to take over and it doesn't have to overwhelm us to a point that we can't get things done and we have to give up too much and then start to feel bad that we you know, had to do all that. So when we start to feel overwhelmed, step number one is stop and go do something else. Notice when we start to feel overwhelmed. What are we doing in that moment? 
Oftentimes, we're sitting at a desk or we're staring at a to-do list or we're we're laying in bed at night, right? Thinking about the list of things that we have going on, right? When we realize that we're at that point, we need to stop what we're doing and just go stand up and go do something else. Now, when overwhelm happens to us during the day, my preference that I recommend, and I'll, I'll talk about an alternative to this, but the one that I recommend is exercise. Now, exercise does not mean you have to join CrossFit. It doesn't mean you have to go kickboxing or jogging or anything like that. Moderate exercise includes being able to actually do and go for a walk, okay? Why do I recommend exercise? Well, first of all, our body is a part of our brain, okay? Our brain isn't just the gray, mushy organ up inside of our skull. It is a network that goes throughout the body. It includes our heart, our nervous system, our breathing, our digestive systems, Okay, our kidneys are involved. There are adrenal hormones are actually located on top of the kidneys. Those create hormones uh, that go through the body. The gut has a lot of neurotransmitters that release chemicals that go into the body. So our whole body is impacted when we are under stress from, again, our immune system to um, our breathing and everything. So taking care of our bodies when our minds are stressed is vital because they're linked together. Now, Also, when we get up and do something totally different than what we're doing at that moment, like sitting at our desk, staring at that to-do list, we're forcing the brain and all of its senses to redirect to new stimulus, right? And when we do that, it unlocks the brain. It can't actually ruminate on your to-do list and make sure that you don't trip on a curb while you're outside walking. Okay. So what we're doing is we're forcing the shutdown of some of the functions of the brain and forcing the brain to take on a new, a new job to handle and deal with. And what it does is it actually helps loosen the grip on the feelings of overwhelm. Now, during this course of exercise, even if it's just walking for like an hour, it calms our nervous system back down because now our body is producing good hormones that are usually associated with physical activity, like adrenaline for energy, and also the reward drug dopamine. It increases our blood flow, and it starts to release the tension in the muscles that have been instigated by our flight or fight response. See, what happens when you go under stress is that you get a surge of hormones that activate your muscles to either run away from danger or to fight back, or you stay stuck and freeze, which is really what overwhelm can be, is it can be the freeze of like, I don't even know what to do next. Well, that tension stays in the muscles. Sometimes we feel it in our jaw and our shoulders and our back, but we have to actually be able to let that out. So when we go do exercise or physical movement, waving our arms around, jumping jacks in the garage, doesn't matter. We're actually able to allow the body to release that tension that the alarm system shoved into the muscles and let it flow out. And then it also helps reduce any long-term health consequences from that. Now, of all the health benefits I just gave you, one of my favorite benefits that come from going out and breaking my, my trance and getting out and doing exercise is that I find every single time that at about 45 minutes into my walk or my run, it's usually my walk, my creativity starts flowing all over again. And that's because the system has finally reset itself. And now the proper part of my brain is warming back up and it's actually working and it's online again. Okay. And now I can think more clearly about my priorities and what I should do. I'm also happier. So I'm in a better state of mind about what's going on. And so it allows me to be able to, from a very calm, relaxed and positive state, be able to take a look at what's on my plate and actually start to come up with some creative solutions to my problem that wasn't coming to me at the, in the moment. 
So I'm a huge fan of walking and scheduling into our lives one hour of walking alone, at least every other day if you can, at least two days. Let's try that. Like, let's go for that. Like, get it into two days a week if you can. And working in maybe some higher intensity exercise just for the other health benefits that come along with it. Okay. But I say alone because alone allows you the opportunity to practice working with your thoughts. Um, It allows you to not get feedback from other people. Um, It allows you to spend some time maybe um, focusing a little bit and and again, learning how to let the thoughts flow, sitting with them, examining them. And I'm going to talk about my next, you know, a couple of next uh, tips of, of what you can do while you're in this moment. And if you're working with and working out with people regularly, you never get that alone time that your brain actually could benefit from. Okay. Now, what if you can't do this because you have a medical condition or a disability? Okay, still stop, go do something else, but go do an activity that again, is pleasurable and relaxing for you because you will still get some of those great benefits that I just talked about. Maybe it's reading a novel. Maybe it's watching a movie. Sometimes when I feel overwhelmed, I go into my Disney plus channel and I grab myself a Marvel superhero movie. Um, Thor Ragnarok happens to be one of my favorites. Why? Because it's fun. It's funny. There's humor in it. You get to laugh. Laughing releases a lot of the good chemicals that will actually counterbalance the negative chemicals that are coming from your state of overwhelm. Maybe you're creative. And so what you can do is stop and then go do something that you like to do out in the garden. Maybe it's painting. Maybe you just need to take a nap and it is okay to actually find yourself some time to take a nap. I also use meditation. I use meditation quite a bit, actually. And if you have never meditated before, I highly encourage it. Um, One of my episodes will talk about this because it is a great tool for the brain. It actually helps us with re-regulation. And uh, it's not hard and it's not weird. It's actually just fantastic. And I can't recommend it enough. If you want to use meditation, you can do guided meditation. Lots of apps on a lot of the audiobook um, programs and platforms. You can also find some podcasts about meditation as well. Um, But the point of this tip is break the lock your trap you're in by physically doing something completely different so that you can reset your system, get your brain from focusing on problems, and just give it something else to think about for a while. Because continuing to overthink what's happening or how you're feeling about it is not actually going to change the course or bring you any new enlightenment. It's only going to make the feelings worse. The only way that you come up with new ideas and new thoughts is to literally get up and go do something different. Okay? Now, tip number two, and I've included a video in the podcast links for this that'll take you to it to explain it, but it is choose your three big rocks and fill in everything else around them. And what that means is is that we tend to get overwhelmed by all the small details of everything that we have to do that we lose sight of our most important things in our life. But if we shift our focus to making sure that we're always taking care of our big rocks, then we find out that some of the little things that are overwhelming us are really not that important. And so for me, I have three big rocks. They are my family and my family relationship. They are my financial and employment security, and they are making time for my passion and my dreams. Now, if any other decisions, tasks, obligations, requests are demanded of me, don't fall into one of those three big rocks. I have learned how to say no to them. And when you're always thinking about what am I going to choose to do today and you're feeling overwhelmed, go back to your three big rocks and and pick the things that you have that will actually contribute to those three things. And again, watch the video that I have included. It's from 1994 and it shows a demonstration of this paradigm shift. But um, sometimes we just have too many things that we think would demand our priority. And we have, at some point in time, we always have to sit back down and recognize, listen, actually, I don't need all those things. And for me, a few years ago, it was these three big rocks. And it allows me a lot of times to be able to sit there and go, you know what? 
this isn't helping me. This is getting in the way of this rock or this rock. And sometimes the priority that we set for these rocks does change because we are adults in life. Sometimes our family relationships are doing pretty good, allows us some time to focus on our passion. Sometimes work gets really important because we have to be able to pay bills and financial security is so important. Um, And so that takes a priority. But when you're only balancing three things in your life instead of 23 things, it becomes easier to not drop any of the balls because you only have the three that are most important. Okay. So the third tip is let's start to view our overwhelm as our friend and not our foe, right? Let's not fight with our overwhelm. Let's let it allow us to give us an opportunity to see that something has to change in our life. So when you're on your um, walk or your jog, or maybe when you're meditating, get in the practice of asking yourself, what is overwhelm telling me right now that I need to pay attention to? And so do you have too many things on your plate? Again, if you've figured out what your three big rocks are, and now you're thinking about all the things on your to-do list, do any of them actually fit in with those? Well, that's what overwhelm was telling you all along. Like, hey, I know that you prioritize these things, but these little other stuff, let's let them go. Also ask yourself, is overwhelm telling you that you're expecting yourself to be perfect even when you're learning something new? And overwhelm's probably trying to tip you off to the fact that you're not really being fair to yourself or fair to the situation or realistic. And so maybe sometimes we recognize that we're becoming a perfectionist out of stress and that we need to cut ourselves some slack. Overwhelm could also be telling you that you've got a pain somewhere else in your life and you're expecting this list to solve that pain And because it's not doing it right away, you're feeling like you're failing at it, okay? And so you also have to sometimes ask yourself, is overwhelmed identifying that maybe I'm not actually in pain, I'm just in the habit of believing I'm in pain? And can I find evidence that proves that all is better in my world than I actually think it is, that my emotional advisor is telling me that it is? And so while you're on that walk, ask yourself, like, Am I actually in a financial situation where I have to be perfect at all these things right now? No, I can pay my bills. We've got food on the table. Everyone is happy. Now, if you can find the evidence that your new skills that you're trying to learn, like maybe setting up this new business, is not going to solve the problem that you don't actually have, you get to give yourself a break. You take that pressure off yourself, and you learn that you don't need to be perfect at everything right now, and also that you don't need to do all 23 things today. When you ask yourselves these questions as you're doing your activity or even just sitting there for a moment, this is another brain trick. What we're doing is we're asking our emotional brain to take a back seat and we're trying to get our thinking brain into the conversation so that we can keep that amygdala that's in the emotional brain from hijacking us and keeping us in a state of overwhelm. Now, the fourth and final tip is you also have to start choosing new words to describe how you're feeling at that moment. Now, this isn't the positive thinking mumbo jumbo. This is transforming our emotional patterns by adopting new ways to describe what's going on. So when we think about things like driving, right? When we keep our eyes on the road, we go straight. But as soon as we turn our head, what we notice is that our hands follow where our eyes go. The same thing happens to us with our emotions. If we keep using negative language to describe what we're going through at this moment, our then uh, the rest of our emotional patterns will follow suit with it. So um, when we keep talking about how overwhelmed we are, guess what? We feel, we feel overwhelmed and we keep feeding that sense of overwhelm. So fourth tip is try to find new ways to describe it. So instead of saying things like, I have too many things on my plate right now, and then pulling on your head or rubbing your forehead, start to say, you know what, I only actually have a couple of things on my my plate right now. 
Instead of saying that you feel completely overwhelmed, start saying, you know what? I'm just feeling a little ruffled. And when you start to see a task that's ahead of you, start to, you know, not focus on how hard that task is, but say things like, it's going to be great when this gets done. Look at your list and go, man, I'm going to feel really good when I get to check off all of these things. When you catch yourself saying, I know this is hard, but guess what? It's always going to be hard. But when you start to choose different words, believe it or not, just like your eyes on the road, your emotions do fall in line. And the calmer your emotions become, then that part of the brain, your your, um, alarm system actually starts to say, hey, we're not actually in danger because thinking brain is telling us that everything's okay. So if thinking brain says it's okay, then it must be okay. Then your emotional brain gets benched and it just sits in the background waiting for real danger to happen. And your thinking brain gets to come into the game again. It now gets to look at your to-do list, set your priorities, and you actually start to get your work done because you're feeling calmer and more capable. Or your thinking brain is giving you good advice on what parts of these uh, these tasks and activities and what's on my list do I actually need to do and what part of it do I not need to actually do. And I'm just needlessly giving myself too much to work on at this point in time. Okay. All right, so those are my four big tips. I know they weren't like short little mantras, um, but those are the ways in which I regularly practice being able to handle when things start to get intense and I feel like there's more things on my plate than I have capacity to do. I put all four of these into action um, in different capacities. And if you start to do this um, soon as you're kind of dealing with, maybe if you're feeling, experiencing, having a little too much ruffling going on in your life, Um, hopefully these will be things that can help you out. Now, um, if you need help with coaching or anything like that, you guys know how to reach me. My link is in the podcast notes and, uh, you can send me a message if you have any other ideas or have a question about this, like, Hey, this sounds good, but I'm experiencing this by all means, shoot me a question. I'm happy to answer it until next time. Let's come over and overcome our overwhelm so we can go out and have fun. Okay. Thank you for listening to Wedding Venue Business Radio. All of the information talked about in this episode can be found at weddingvenuebiz.com. There you'll also find links to the book, online courses, and a way to contact me if you have any suggestions for the show or are interested in business coaching. Until next time, have a great day.